What's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And the song, is always, Stripes is brought to you by Black Light Productions and Gift Vader. So if you guys want to go find the, sh- the song, download it on Black Light Productions channel on YouTube. Also on Gift Vader's channel. Check it out. Spread the word. It's an awesome Bengals song. Do me a favor, guys. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,372 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, as always, if you're watching on Facebook or if you're watching on Twitter, do me a favor. And you have not subscribed, go to YouTube channel Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat, we're doing Super Chat, so if you like to support what I'm doing, 
give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. Now I'm coming to you live from the ice cave. The ice cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their le- website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. Get Vader and Black Lights Production got me so hyped up. I'm tongue twisted. I hate when that happens. All right. We got a lot of stuff to get to today. I mean, we got Bengals nominated for Hall of Fame. You know, we'll see if they get in or not. We got David Bell's contract extension. We got the Reds burning, <laughs> crashing and burning. We had the narrative all week that I've been trying to fight that uh, everybody keeps saying that the reason we lost the game uh, against the Bears is because uh, the play calling, which I, I give, give it to you, the play calling didn't help. But I keep saying, if you turn the ball over four times, you're most likely going to lose the game. Anyway, let's get to all that more with my guest today. He is from the Same Old Strides podcast. He is none other than Willie Lutz. Hello, what, my friend. What's going on, brother? Not a whole lot. I was listening to some Jack Johnson on the way home, so I got a totally different attitude. Now this, this uh, Stripe song, I'm all fired up. Ready to die. <laughs> Give everyone some very spicy Bengals takes, which with me, they'll probably be a lot less spicy than you're expecting. So temper your expectations. <laughs> nice and positive today. It's Steelers week, everyone. We got another exactly. team we got to hit. We can't hit our own team this week. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now I always like to bang on the national narrative, the national media, about how they don't like the Bengals and they just terrible organization, yada, yada, yada. And one of the guys who was saying that Joe Burrow didn't want to come here was Colin Cowherd, and I call him Cowhead. Well, today on his show, he actually picked the Bengals to win outright. Points and all against the Squealers. Our plan is coming together, Willie. They're starting to turn. I love it. <laughs> what a lovely development from uh, Mr. Cowhead, uh, yes. who I will cordially refer to as someone I don't really care for, but <laughs> an outright victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm personally not there with it at the moment. I'm a little <laughs> nervous for this one. It's a little game that scares me quite a bit. But if we're out there infiltrating the national media, we're starting to get some some love from the national media. Hey, we'll take all we can get because right now I got people telling me or people that were telling me Jamar Chase couldn't catch. And how'd yeah. that turn out? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, I mean, Joe Burrow had a press conference today and I know you were at work and I just got some clips of it here today. So I figured I'll play a couple of them and you and me can uh, – discuss it here but uh basically is uh the first one is joe thinks they like i keep saying <laughs> they wouldn't turn the ball over they would have came back and won here ch- check it out you know that's probably definitely acquired you know you play this game long enough you're, you're gonna make mistakes and you know i was really happy with, with the way we bounced back you know we turned the ball over on four straight possessions but then we scored two straight touchdowns and you know really made it a game and you know, I think if we get the ball back at the end of the game, I'm I'm confident that we go down there and win. So, you know. I'm confident with him as well because I mean, and that's this is the thing, and I am not saying Zach Taylor called a great game. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you turn the ball over four consecutive times, you're most likely going to lose the game. And after Joe Burrow threw his the third interception, they came back. People say they they don't take deep, deep shots. Well, they took one against uh, with T at the beginning of the game. They missed it. They took one in the drive that they hit with Chase a couple plays before that. They took another one against Chase, and it was a terribly thrown ball by Joe Burrow out of bounds. So I guess my thing is it's more of, to me, well, if they don't turn a ball over, we're most likely to win the game. And I was talking to a Bears fan at work 
He's a huge Bears fan, and he agrees with me. <laughs> so I don't know. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Now, what, Joe? Yeah, it's really interesting you say that, too, because I've talked to a couple people that were at that game representing the uh, the Bengals, um, Bengals faithful. Right. The really interesting thing that I wish I could have got a better understanding for us because every single one of them said, yeah, I left uh, right around the time that third interception happened. <laughs> but I would be very curious to see what it was like inside that stadium after the Bengals came back, scored yes. that second touchdown after the Logan Wilson pick, that nice little throw by Joe Burrow, you know, read and react. It happened almost instantly, it felt like. Like, mm-hmm. get the ball back, that's a touchdown, baby. I would love to have known what the atmosphere was like inside a Soldier Field at that point because – you just imagine, like, how I was feeling at home as soon as they got that second touchdown, and I didn't really see Justin Fields moving the ball very well. Uh, he didn't do like, anything except for run. Win. Yeah, Justin yeah. Fields, where's he going to go? He's going to, what, like, throw incompletions to death? Like, handball yeah. to David Montgomery for a run defense that's been shutting down all day? Exactly. And, frankly, when you're a Trey Hendrickson, you know, half an inch away from winning that game, a that game coach. that mm-hmm. we can all argue, you know, deserve, didn't deserve. I, I'm probably like, didn't deserve to win because but if you, you won it, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. But if you win, I mean, look at it last week, the Minnesota Vikings almost snuck away with a game. They didn't deserve to win. It's how, it's how this league goes. And if you're going to win in tough spots, I mean, that's a spot for optimism, in my opinion, if your yeah. team, and it all starts with number nine, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but if your team is able to take a spot, you're down by what? think the 17 to three originally and it's 20 to three. Well, it, was seven, it was seven it was seven to three all the way till almost the middle of the third quarter till the meltdown till yeah the meltdown. but you're in that spot you're on the road chicago's fired up soldier fields fired up they went out there and almost took that game away at the end in a game that mm-hmm. they except on the defensive side of the ball shout out Bengals defense let's oh, go yeah. lou but, and arumo i'll say crazy. it now. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got to say about that. You you almost stole a game you didn't deserve to win, and I think that says a lot about where this team is in terms right. of a cohesiveness and and and, and the character and, and the fortitude. I say, and this I'll get the Natty's question here. He says, should we we should we be worried about Joe Burrow's regression behind that O line? And I say no because of exactly what we just talked about. You know, he threw you know three interceptions. We had four had four. I mean, literally four consecutive possessions. We turned the ball over. And he still had the guts to stay in there and make the throw to, to chase. And then, like I said, Logan Wilson makes makes that play. I mean, I don't think I, – I, I can't in my heart of hearts see Joe Burrow having that bad of a game again this week, even if it is the squealers. I just I just think they're going to they're gonna make some adjustments. And he's already talking about um, some more stuff from Joe on the, the press conference here. He says uh, – talking about pushing the ball down the field and, and what, what, that, what that takes and what his thoughts are on that. Here it is. I think one thing that – we're starting to realize is, you know, we have a guy in Jamar who's going to go down the field and make plays, and we have a guy in T that's going to go down the field and make plays. So, you know, the more that those guys continue to show that they can do that, I think the more we'll push the ball down the field. I mean, I I think he's right. I mean, the thing it's it's not that I don't want to say Zach is scared to do it. It's just I guess they're not used to doing it or something. I, it, it's really a silly excuse. I don't know why they haven't done it, but. I understand what he's saying, but it just it bodes well, I think, for the future of of the Bengals trying to get uh, deep shots. And the thing is, they were really trying to run the ball. I mean, Joe Mixon in the first half had over fifty yards in the first half. 
So, I mean, I, I honestly, in the second half, I asked my buddy I was watching the game. I said, is Mixon close to 100 yet? Because I thought he was, and he ended up having 60. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. If you don't turn the ball over, he might end up having 100 yards, and that that changes the game. And, and somebody's in there, uh, where was that? They said if, if Dalton played, it could be different, which that's true. It could be. A lot of things could yeah. be different. So it always comes down to a couple of different plays. Go ahead, Willie. Yeah. On the Andy Dalton thing. I mean, I think it was kind of a miracle that Justin Fields came in because that's the reason the Bengals were able to stay in that game. Andy Dalton looked like he was giving the defense quite a handful, which is a sentence I did not expect to hear myself say when I was heading into that, watching that game on uh, Sunday. But I do want to touch on two things we just kind of brought up there because I think there's two really interesting points you brought up in the last minute or so. Yeah. First, those are that question. On my, on my rambling? Yeah, I, I ramble yeah. a lot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think you do a good job with it, my friend. Um, <laughs> first things first. Um, Joe Burrow regression behind that offensive line. I know that narrative is out there. Here's what I think we all need to take a take a deep breath and realize. Joe Burrow is probably not going to be the Joe Burrow we saw last year for a couple more weeks if he's the Joe Burrow we saw last year at all for the rest of the season. If you're seeing any regression, it's because that guy is getting more and more comfortable back there. When you have a nasty knee injury like that, it's not going to happen right away. And I know the city – Saw Carson Palmer come right back off that knee injury in 2005 or 2006. Five. Yeah. Five. 2005, that's right. Um, It's just a tricky one, man, because if you're going to try to rush your quarterback back from a knee injury like that, that doesn't work. And I get there's that pitch count narrative. Um, The thing I will say, flipping to the deep ball, it's another thing that's going to come with time because Mm -hmm. one of the things that we do know about Joe Burrow is when he is rolling out and improvising, that deep ball looks very different because he can create time and his wide receivers can go out there and create space in different ways. So are they going to take more shots next week? I don't know. Are they going to take more shots in by the bye? I don't know. But as the season progresses and you're going to be facing some stiff competition down the stretch, I mean, you're going to want Joe Burrow in a quarterback duel with Patrick Mahomes. That's the way you're going to want to play that game or you're going to get your teeth handed to you. Yeah, hate to break absolutely. Every, that's the way that game goes. Mm-hmm. So I think Joe Burrow regressing behind the offensive line and the deep ball, both those things are really a matter of time and reps and feel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to me, it all goes to, again, I kind of said this before, and this is something that Steve Young said, is they don't do anything in, in preseason. They really don't compared to what they used to. It's taking longer for teams to 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 get going, you know, especially offense because, you know, defense is – Usually take off before the offenses do. And with Joe Burrow, the way he took three snaps in, in preseason and everyone wants him to move around. Again, we have, like you said, we have to remember he's coming back from a major knee injury. It might take him a little while to get used to doing it. And, mo- and that's the same thing with Trey Hopkins, too. Everybody's like, well, we might have to fix the center. <laughs> we don't have to fix Trey Hopkins, is gonna be fine. He's coming off damn near the same injury that Joe did with less time, and he's a lot bigger. <laughs> so I think it's going to be fine. I'll get to Dustin uh, Cross here, five dollars super chat, and shout out to you, Dustin. Appreciate you. Just playing devil's advocate, advocate, advocate. If I could talk, I'm still go. slightly worried about the coverage in the secondary. Dalton was lighting us up. Eh, what do you think? Lighting us up. I, I, mean, think was, I think he's running a lot. That, that's what Dalton, Dalton got a lot of his yards and running. I, that's what I noticed. But good. I thought that. Dalton's performance reminded me a lot of what Kirk Cousins did in week one. And that's just taking everything the defense will give you and not an inch more. And that's – does that make you worry? Yeah, but this defense 
in recent history has been at their best when they played Ben Don't Break. And that's a nervous proposition for a lot of people. That's not exactly where you want to be. I mean, obviously you want to be like, you know, the Saxonville defense from a couple of years ago where you have, you know, everyone's stopping everyone. No one's going anywhere. And we're just going to defend our way to the AFC championship game. Mm-hmm. That, that's not what this defense is designed to do. And I know the reason everyone's freaking out right now. I know Eli Apple is the other starting corner. Um, <laughs> listen, I get it. I don't like it either. I want to see Darius Phillips out there. And I really want to see Trey Wayne's out there. But I think you have to kind of look at the, the bigger picture here. And when you have linebackers right now, all three of them that have been playing major reps, you're Akeem Davis-Gaither, you're in particular Logan Wilson, who's been holy moly, and you're Jermaine Pratt. All three of those guys have been, frankly, yes. glorious in coverage. And you haven't really seen a tight end do anything against this team. And that's an area no. that's killed this team in recent years. You've seen nothing over the middle kill this team. Haven't seen that in recent years. Where they're getting hurt right now is an area where I – if you're going to get hurt, you have the right personnel because Jesse Bates and Von Bell are going to get it right. Jadobe Awuzie is getting more and more comfortable in this. Oh, system. dude, I, I think he's playing right. like a number one. I think uh, Cheater's playing like a number one cornerback, to be honest. I'd call him a 1B because, you know, 1A is like your superstar talent, yeah, but he's yeah. like a 1B kind of guy. Like maybe not your shutdown, but like he's going to give you a hard day out there. He did amazing stuff against Justin Jefferson in single coverage. Really, 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 really good stuff. I was very impressed. And continue to be very impressed. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, Trey Wayne's uh, plays this week. Um, as far I know. Yeah, Paul Danner Jr. tweeted out that he was on the sidelines doing stuff. So he wasn't act- he wasn't a full participant. Act- didn't really participate at all in practice, but he was out there on the sidelines. It doesn't bode well being Wednesday, I think, that he's on the sidelines, you know, not really participating. But if he's – Opinion: If he's out there, if he's not out there by tomorrow, I don't think he's playing. But uh, yeah, but, you know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, that's unfortunate, and and I he, I think he's gonna make a big difference once we get him back. But I would like to see him at least once <laughs> in the Bengals yeah. uniform. That would be nice. And I'll get to uh, John or no, excuse me, Royal Flush Terry, you're first. Uh, now I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what he's talking about here. I mean, I, I can read what he's talking about, but I don't I don't understand this. So Mike Brown has Joe Burrow on a pitch count. Or 30, th- 30 throws or less. When did this happen? I have no idea, Terry. I've never heard that uh, anybody say that. So have you, Willie? So I've, I've seen this narrative out there. First of all, Bengals fans, I love you very, very much. You're very <laughs> dear, dear to me. Mike Brown makes no decisions on this team anymore. He gives his blessing on things, but he is not in a decision-making capacity. He sees basically all roles he can in that. He's a figurehead. He owns the team. With that said, I have heard the pitch count rumors, and I really don't think they're true. Um, Here's where I think that kind of is getting implemented. Early in the 2021 season, I think you're going to continue to see a heavy dose of the run game and a lot of that quick passing game. And that's just really like it goes back to what we talked about earlier. He's recovering from a major knee injury. You don't want him taking 50 dropbacks a game because, frankly, that's a terrible formula to win football games. Well, that's what everybody complained about last year of him doing that. Now, now they're upset that he's not. I'm like, oh my God. Anyway, I mean, don't you, you're paying a running back $12 million mm-hmm. and you have two bookend tackles and you got a lot of question marks in the middle. So mm-hmm. if you don't have the best answers in the world on your interior line, which is still a problem point, by the way. 
Trey Wayne or Trey Wayne's Trey Hawkins, big step forward, but just you can't put your quarterback out there for 40 to 50 dropbacks a game and expect good things to happen. It just, it, it, I think the pitch count narrative only comes from it's not what it looked like in 2020. And credit to Zach Taylor there. I'm very glad that's the method. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Now let's get back to, to, I guess, the game plan. I think, honestly, the game plan with the Bears was the same game plan against the Vikings. And I mean, it was the same. They wanted to be run heavy and take take a couple shots. But like I said, I I hate to keep saying this, but when you turn the ball over four times, (laughs) it's hard to do that. So that, that, and the thing is, Bengals fans have got to give the Bears front four credit. They're really, really good. And they're the most expensive front four, I think, in all football. So they are. the, The way they played against the Rams, one, the Rams have a veteran quarterback. I know it's his first year in LA. He's still, Matthew Stafford is still a veteran quarterback. And I, dude, people thought he wasn't that good in Detroit or crazy. I, I, I thought he was a very good quarterback. He just didn't have anything around him. They got a veteran quarterback, a veteran coach, veteran wide receivers. I mean, it's a veteran team. They took their shots. They took advantage of it. We have a second-year quarterback. No matter how great Jackpot Joey Burrow is, we have a second-year quarterback who's coming back from a major knee injury. We got our two best wide receivers is a rookie and a second-year. They're young. <laughs> like, you're going to have to go through the 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 growing pains of some of the stuff that we didn't ha- go through last year because Joe got injured. Now, I think it's going to change quickly. I think they're going to get through this, and that's what's kind of good. Once we get through these first three games, you know, we got the uh, Jaguars on Thursday, then we got the Packers, and then we got the Lions, so it gets a little easier other than the first three. So if we could come out of these first three, I'm hoping we're at least two and one. If we're one and two, it's still not the end of the world because, again, we're all one and one in the division. So, I mean, that bodes well for the Bengals to stay in this. So, I, I just, I, I, the narrative where everybody wants to fire Zach Taylor right off the bat is ridiculous. And I'm not saying Zach Taylor is the greatest coach ever. I don't know. I think this is the year we're going to find out. There is no reason that. He, he can't fi- find out what kind of coach he is as long as everybody stays healthy. Now, the other question is this week, and I'm, I'll be, I, I won't be shocked either way, uh, but I have a feeling there's a very good chance that Jackson Carmen is going to make his first start uh, in the NFL. I think that's the way it's, it's turning because Sirfield hasn't played that well. I mean, he really hasn't. Spain's played okay. Sirfield has not played that. He's probably been the worst offense lineman on the team. Oh, yeah. on, so with the injury, there's Jackson's opening. Now, starting against the Squealers the first week, that's a, a big get, but you got to play him twice a year if you're going to be the starting guard anyway. So what's your thoughts on, on Jackson Carmen and his possibility of him uh, starting this week? So when I think about it being against Pittsburgh, I, I do have a little bit of churn in my stomach. Uh, the one thing I will say, and I think this is a big benefit to the Bengals. I'm just going to double check this real fast. Um, yeah. I don't think you're going to have Stefan to it uh, clogging the middle. 
I think you're looking. Uh, at the dude, I, I don't believe this. I don't believe the squealers. I don't. I I, I plan on Let's all see. of them playing. Yeah. I don't. I don't trust them. I plan on all of them playing, except for the guy who's getting ankle surgery. Other than that, yeah. he's not, Johnson won't play. Just for yeah. everyone, he's he's not practicing this that, week. That, Big Ben's gonna play. His boob yeah. hurts. He's 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 gonna play. He'll be fine. That's Big Ben for you. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't be uh, Bengals Steelers game if Big Ben wasn't hurt going into it. Yeah, his, his, um, his booby hurts, but he'll yeah. be fine. My <laughs> thoughts on Carmen in particular. If not now, like, who did you really draft? Like, that's that's the question I think this team has to ask themselves. If Xavier Suofilo is hurt and not playing at the top of his game, why don't you just go ahead and give Jackson Carmen the start? Because, you know, well, can I it be any worse? Yeah. I mean, can it be any worse than what we got? That's kind of yeah. where I kind of where I'm at. And here's I what mean, I like about the idea of it, too. This is a guy that is one of the better college linemen that's come out in terms of, you know, recruiting in the last couple of years and was a part of a national championship team at Clemson during his freshman season. This is a guy that was trusted as Trevor Lawrence's left tackle for three college football playoff runs at Clemson. Mm -hmm. If you don't trust him as your right guard after two games and all this development, all this preseason stuff, hiring Frank Pollock, I mean, what are you going to do? Cut your losses? I mean, I'm of the mindset that you got to try it because if Xavier Suofilo is going to look like what he's looked like, which is, you know, a backup guard for most teams in the league, if not every team in the league, I want to see Jackson Carmen out there. And, you know, maybe it's a situation where Jackson Carmen goes out there. He doesn't look awesome. And you, you got to throw him on the bench because that's the reality of the situation, but at least you tried it. And it right. was something different because right now it's not mm-hmm. working. We just watched friggin' Akeem Hicks, Fully Xavier Suofilo. Now, Akeem Hicks is no joke. So <laughs> it's, it's not we're like he's wrong, just. But yeah, it's, the guys yeah, are it's going not going to get easier, man. Right, right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, but um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. you no, you that was good there. Yeah, I'm right there with <laughs> like, you, man. I think we're on the same uh, page. With it. You got to see what you got. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Because I mean, I've said this, Willie. That I, I think there's a possibility by uh, the time we come out of the bye week that both. Uh, Jackson Carmen and Deontay Smith might be starting at guards. And I brought that up to John Sheeran yesterday, and he's like, "Well, that's not really a great thing that you really want two rookies, you know, starting in, in, right next to Trey Hopkins, who's who's recovering from a knee injury." But if they're really good, which I real, I mean, in my heart, and and it might be with my orange sunglasses on. Let me, I gotta put these on here real quick. There we go. There we go. Talk about it. All right. So, if me talking with my orange sunglasses on. <laughs> if these guys are as good as I think they are. They're gonna maul some freaking people. So, and and that's what you need. You need some beasts in there. You need some dogs. You need some maulers. And I hope, I think we got two of them in Jackson Carmen and Deontay Smith. And I'm willing at least, like you said, at least to try it. And, you know, see what happens. I mean, like I said, what's the worst that happens? Then you say, oh, Joe Burrow gets hurt. Well, Joe Burrow could get hurt, you know, with these guys in there now. I mean, it, you know, it's it's football. And that's one thing. Um, let's see, where is that, that one? Joe's talking about taking all the hits. Let me get to that one here real quick. And that one is oh yeah, in-game what is it? Uh da, da, da. in-game adjustments and taking all the hits. Let me put this up here. You know, he's really hard on me and it made me a much better player and a better person and able to yep, wrong one. to handle weeks like wrong one. This one. Yeah, yeah, I do. And you know, I think that's what's gonna propel us forward is you know, it's not just me, it's whenever anybody comes to the sideline, I think they see something, the coaches do a good job of hearing that and then trying to make that adjustment. Joe, I know in the preseason, uh, you talked about wanting to take that first hit. 
over the first couple of weeks? Do, do you feel like you've been hit too much? No, it's football. You're going to take hits. That's it's part of the game. That's part of being a quarterback. And you know, we're going to, I'm going to keep hanging in there and taking those hits and trying to complete the ball. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. That's kind of thing. He's like, it is what it is, which I mean, what else, what else? Oops. I removed you. I didn't mean to remove you on me and it made me uh, I, much. Man, I keep hitting the wrong one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. And... Oh my goodness. There. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone. We're back at their normally scheduled screens. Yes. Uh, too many things going on, man. Like, like I said, I, I'm the only one in here. So I got, I got all this stuff going on. So anyway, but yeah, I, I, he says it is what it is. Like what's he supposed to say? You know, he loves it. No, he doesn't love it, but I mean, he's a football player. He's going to get it. But if you have, if you look across the board, across the NFL, quarterbacks are getting hit. And and I kind of agree with what Zach Taylor is saying too. Something like he's like, which is an excuse, but he's right to some extent. Um, you know, they get a hand on them or whatever. They're counting that as a hit, as a hit. But the one that really ticked me off is uh, we got the, the hit out of bounds. That one was good. But two plays before that, they had two steps and then they knocked him to the ground. So that counts as a hit, but it's a freaking penalty. And like that, that's one thing that, that, that kind of irritates me with the officials. They're not protecting Joe Burrow still. I understood it last year. He's a rookie, but come on. He just came off a major knee injury. Let's try to protect the guy a little bit. And the in-game adjustments, I, I like what he said that he has pretty much anybody on the field can come in and, and say something and the coaches will listen to him. So there is in-game adjustments from uh, T Higgins to Joe Burrow to Zach Taylor. And again, I'm rambling on Willie. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, on in-game adjustments, it's an area where I do have some questions because I guess they did take those deep shots late and that was awesome. And it worked on the flip side in an area where I normally would take a coach's back and not a rookie Jamar chase seemed to point it out a long while before they made the adjustment. He was right. T Higgins saw the same thing. Joe Burrow saw the same thing and they didn't change. Now, granted, I think you're making a really good point because that interception or those three interceptions and T Higgins fumble really changed the narrative in the course of that game. So with that said, when you have those moments in the game, you don't really get to see the in-game adjustments where you want to see them. It happened right in the meat of that, you know, third, fourth quarter. And that just totally derails everything you want to do going forward. It changes right. the, way the game is going. It changes the tempo. It changes the flow. It changes what plays you feel like you can call to get the offense back in a rhythm. It's just a tough spot to be in. It, I, I struggle with the, the end game adjustment portion a lot with Zach Taylor on this particular week, but I I'll give him a lot more benefit of the doubt than a lot of people uh, are willing to give him this week. And <laughs> um, I had to pop that one up there real quick. <laughs> uh, man, I totally lost my train of thought regardless. <laughs> um, Zach I Taylor. Good. I think yeah. he has the hottest seat in the league, but yeah. at the same time, I'm not like first coach fired kind of hottest seat in the league. We all need to tap the brakes yeah. a little bit on that. Give this thing a little time because I know no one's that patient, but give it some time. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I say the hottest seat in the league. I think the hottest one is uh, Joe Judge for the Giants. Oh, that's <laughs> uh, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they're zero and two, and they, they they've been zero two for five years, I think. And Danny Dimes is not looking that good. And I, I think, I mean, either way, it doesn't. I mean, I don't. I don't see Zach Taylor getting fired tomorrow, you know, nah, and that, that that's the narrative. I think that's got to get out of here. Um, hold on here. Uh, jackpot, Joey, Maddie Myers, uh, wants to give you a hat. So you, you need to get with him 
later he, he went to hook you up with a, a jackpot joey hat so I'm easy to find i got big hair so big big hair angles guy with big hair out there it's probably me he's right there willie lutz same old stripes you can find him there and then huh, he says he wants to make an announcement so i don't know sure go ahead Maddie, make your announcement and type it in or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what, what what announcement you want to make, but go for it. All right, now let's try to get this last one um, from Joe, and hopefully I got it queued up and I, I won't mess it up this time. Um, but it's uh, and these are all from uh, all Bengals. Shout out to James Rapine. I got them got him off his YouTube uh, page, and this is uh, Joe talking about uh, his relationship with Urban Meyer and how uh, Urban helped him early on in his career and and helped him through weeks, weeks like this, to, to bounce back. That gone, I keep hitting the wrong freaking button. It's really hard on me, and it made me a much better player and a better person and able to to handle weeks like this where, you know, I throw three interceptions and, you know, we lose the game, and, you know, I think we're going to bounce back in a big way. And so, he, <laughs> hi, Willie, how you doing? <laughs> so he thinks they're going to uh, bounce back in a, in a big way this week, and that's what – I, I, I like to hear, and of course, you say, well, what else is he supposed to say? But I really do think that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they were pissed off about this game. You know, that was more of, I think, the frustration. And I think it was more of a frustration, not towards Zach, towards just the frustration of we can go deep. We we can do this, and we're going to do it next week against the, the Squealers. So we'll see what happens. I mean, the Squealers, again, have a pretty legit defense. So, but they've shown they can go deep on pretty good defenses. They did it against the Bears, not enough. They did it against the Vikings. I think they can do it again against the Squillers this weekend. Yeah, I I would frankly expect the Bengals' defense to play some unbelievable football this weekend. Just just get your click your TV ready. Bengals' defense is going to go to town, and I don't <laughs> their see offense sucks. Their offense line it's sucks so bad. They have a better chance of scoring defensive points this week. I think if they're going to get any touchdowns, it might have to come on the defensive side of the football. I don't know how they're going to do that either because I think the Bengals are going to be playing pretty tight. I think they're going to be very laser-focused. And just as a side note, unlike Andy Dalton, I think Joe Burrow really gets what Steelers games mean to this city because Andy Dalton knows it's a rivalry. He knows all the the, you know, the festivities that go into it. But I think Joe Burrow really gets games like this. And when you have a quarterback who knows how big it is, that transcends into the locker room. This team knows how big Squealers Week is. They know. You know, you have Mike Hilton in there who knows what it's like to, you mm-hmm. know, be in these games. You've got Trey Hendrickson who's played in huge football games, those rivalry games. I feel like when Saints play rivalry games, by the way, they always show up. Right, so I think right. he's got a good taste of that there. I just think there's a lot of guys that are going to be feeling the energy in this room. And especially on the offensive side of the football, they get a little bit clicking. I think it goes a long way. And it's time for this team to go get a win at mm-hmm. Heinz Field. I mean, mm-hmm. Zach Taylor, no wins at Heinz Field in his career. I mean, he's only had, what, two attempts. But regardless, you've not won a road game in the division. Exactly. you got to change the narrative. you got to change it, man. It's – yeah. I, I said in a recent uh, article I wrote for Bet Jack Ohio, I said that the easiest record that Zach can change in 2021 is his division record because right now it's two and six. You win this week, you're at three and six, and you're on the road to 500 rather quickly. I mean, yep. I just think that's it's such an important thing for Zach Taylor. It's such an important thing for this team. It changed the whole tone of the season. And one more thing before I turn it back to you, my co-host Billy Heenan made a great point. 
you don't want to go into that Jaguars game one and two and afraid to go one and three. No. Everyone in Cincinnati deserves next week to be a celebration. Mm-hmm. It's the ring of honor. We're on prime time. There's so much going into next week. And how much fun would it be to go into that week two and one? Dude, I'd be going be nuts. So much fun. And it just I'm begging. I, I mean, I can't beg a win into existence, but man, <laughs> just the fun in this city. If they beat the Steelers, Squealers, uh, come home. And then they, it's the Thursday night football game, a winnable opponent against Joe, uh-huh. Butler, Joe Burrow's good friend, Urban Meyer. I don't think they're that good of friends anymore. <laughs> yeah. What it's worth. Uh, yeah, but, exactly. Man, he couldn't write a story better than that, in my opinion. No, I, I agree. And I'm not saying it's – I don't go as far as saying it's a must win, but well, I agree. It it's a it's yeah. a big win, dude. You think it's a must win? I think if you want to have the season, you know, it's a must win if you want to have the season that everyone in this town believes this team can have. And that's yeah. the special sneak into the back end of the playoff season. Right, right. Yeah, as far okay, yeah, well, that, yeah, that's a good point. As far as far as yeah, as far as well, well, my prediction was I got us eleven and six. Yeah. I'm I, I I was wrong against the Bears. I, I had that one. I have us. Now see, I had us two and one going into the Jaguars game, but I had us losing this game. I'll be glad to be wrong. I have no problem with being wrong. If we, <laughs> we beat the Squealers in Pittsburgh, I mean, somebody Maybe. asked me this on my show. Yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, what would be better, beating them in, in Cincinnati or beating them in Pittsburgh? I said beating them in Pittsburgh. I'd rather, I'd definitely rather beat them there because I still remember to this day when when uh, TJ Husposada and Chad Johnson were on there and we beat them in Pittsburgh and TJ grabbed the terrible towel and he's shining his shoe with it. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to happen again. And that and, and that's the thing is, dude, this, if they win this game in Pittsburgh, this could be that statement game saying, hey, you're, you're not going to push us around anymore. You're not going to be the bullies on the block anymore. And let's be honest, like you said, get to your point you said about the defense. I think the defense can knock the crap out of Ben Roethlisberger this this game because he cannot move. He nice. just can't. And their offensive line is terrible. And that's what <laughs> drove me nuts with the draft. They're like, oh, my goodness, the Steelers drafted uh, Harris. Wait, Najee Harris, the running back, isn't that his name? Yep. For Alabama. Yeah, they drafted him. I'm like, but they don't have an offensive line. They're the it's worst worse than ours. For the first two weeks, it's yeah. they're not good. They can't no. move the football. They can't move the football. They can't throw it. I mean, the way our front four is playing now, again, like John Sheeran said yesterday, the Bengals front four have gone against some really bad offensive lines, which has helped. But that's good. They've taken advantage of it. Yeah. Take advantage of it again. And the thing is, take care of the ball. <laughs> Don't turn it over. And I, I dude. I think we can win this game. I really, really do think we, I think it's a very winnable game because just the Steelers aren't, aren't that good. And it's a, I agree that it's a big statement game and it's a must. I'll go with what you said. It's a must win as far as if the Bengals are going to go where we all want them to go. Not everybody thinks they can go there. I believe they can, but they got to play better and they got to stay, stop making the, 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 the biggest issue is the, the, the passing protection. The, the pickups, the communication, that's the part. And it, to me, it's fixable. It, it's got to get better. I am concerned about our blitz pickup with our running backs. This is where losing Gio hurts us. Joe Mixon hasn't done all that great. Piron, eh. Those are the things I think needs to be cleaned up this week, big time, for this to actually have a chance for the Bengals to beat the Squealers. Yeah. If they're good in pass protection this week, I don't think it's a close game. I think it, I think it could be a pretty, pretty big beatdown if your offensive line holds up better. And maybe Jackson Carmen's the formula for that. You know, 
I, I do hesitate a little bit to say a rookie in his first start against uh, Pittsburgh is going to change everything, but maybe he goes out there, they get a little rhythm, and that pass protection looks a lot better this week. And you know, you're walking out of Heinz Field with a 24 to seven win or something. It, it's on the table. It's not impossible to think about because if Pittsburgh's not going to be able to move the ball, and you are, you're going to win. I'm sorry, but. Pittsburgh is dying for this game to be a defensive slog fest. That's what they want. That's their game. If the mm-hmm. Bengals go in there and say, hey, we're going to score some points, so you better score, <laughs> Pittsburgh doesn't want to play that game at all. That's, no. that's not the formula for a loss for them. No, they, they, they can't they, they can't offensively keep up with us, I don't think. If, if we if all everything and, – and, and to me, the offense is going to click if – or I only say if – when they get these pass, pass protection yeah. problems fixed up. You know, and like you said, Jackson Carmen could be the guy. They drafted him to be the guy. This is the reason they spent a second round pick on him. So it's kind of getting to, I'm not saying it's put up or shut up, but this would be a bad week to put him in and, and see what happens. And they keep saying he's getting better. And you have to believe, you have to believe him because, I mean, I don't have any other, <laughs> any other tape or anything that he's not getting better. So, you know, and, and if he's in and then a couple weeks they put Deontay Smith in, our offense line could go from an okay average, maybe slightly below average offensive line to pretty good offensive line if these guys can play to their ability. Because let's be honest, Jackson Carmen and Deontay Smith are more athletic. They're faster. I'm not going to say they're stronger, but Deontay Smith, I know, is bigger. <laughs> you know, I mean, that that could bode very, very well if they could play to their potential. And that's what we have to try to figure out. That's what's up to Frank Pollock. That's why they pay him the big bucks to find that out. So. Hopefully we'll get that going. I want to get to uh, uh where to go. I put it up there. Oh yeah, here you go. All right, yeah. Actually, the Thursday night game. I want to put this out there too. We will be giving away three hundred jackpot Joey towels at Longworth Hall before Ooh. the game, and T Higgins jackpot Joey hat giveaway. So if you guys want, so bring there. I got my my Zuba pants on for Zim uh, Huda. He, he do got the Zuba pants. I got, I got them on right now. You can't see them. I just got them in the mail today. So where are your Zubas? Come along with all jackpot Joey uh, tailgate area there. Get your free towels and let's swing swing the crap out of those things and have a lot of fun. But some, I think some, some pretty good news today for Bengals Hall of Fame. Let's just put it up there. It got announced right before I started. These guys are finalists or, or, or maybe not five, but chances of getting the Hall of Fame. The only one I think really has a chance this year is Willie Anderson. We need to put it out there in the Twitterverse Put Willie in the Hall of Fame. It has got to happen because if it if it if it doesn't happen soon, it's going to be just like Ken Anderson and Ken Riley are going to be fighting the the old guys in in the Veterans Committee. So we got to try to. If you have a Twitter handle, hashtag Put Willie in the Hall at Pro Football Hall of Fame. Put that out there. We got to get him in. It's it's ridiculous that he's not. Yeah, and I'll just go on record. It would be great to have another Willie in the Hall of Fame. We, <laughs> there's not that many Willies left out there. We're a dying breed, and I think it would be good to get one of the let's, – let's let's cut the joke for a second. Let's yeah. get Willie Anderson in the Hall of Fame. And right. it, frankly, it's sad, in my opinion, that we, the fans, have to be the one to push for this because we're looking at one of the greatest right tackles in the history of the league, and – in the reality of the situation is he's already been overlooked mm-hmm. by committee exactly. time and time again. Should have been so, in already. Oh, 
it's a joke that he's not, in my opinion. I mean, I think it's a joke that the Kens aren't in either, but that's yeah. we could talk that into oblivion. Well, but but, but if, yeah. if they're if they got orange and black on, you know, they 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 crap sideways, they they get into the Hall of Fame no matter what. Well, it's our boy Gary Myers or whatever who's out there that's uh was saying Joe Burrow shouldn't go to the Bengals, and then he's like, I don't hate the Bengals. Yeah, right. that guy's name is I can't remember, but him and oh, I there's a lot of them said that. Oh, uh, Florio's has said that a lot. Oh, Florio and I get along really well. He's my best friend. We're really uh, yeah. Uh, he yeah. that dude just makes crap up anyway. So uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get Willie uh, Anderson uh, in the Hall of Fame, everyone. Do your best. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Put him in there because, like you said, if it, it uh, should have already happened, if it doesn't happen soon, it may never happen. And and unfortunately, I'm I'm. I'm getting to the point. I'm getting a little depressed about the Ken Anderson, Ken Riley thing. That it might not happen. I mean, I, I hope it does, but we can't. We can't make a much of a bigger push this summer than we than we did before. And we keep pushing, but the whole thing with that is I don't understand how Ken Riley goes from being a, a runner up to not even being on the list the next year. I mean, what is their what is their formula for for picking this? And and, and if you listen to when when Bengal Jim had the uh, Jungle to the Hall and Willie was up there. Um, he had multiple guys uh, on videos, but the biggest one was Michael Strahan, who's a legit Hall of Famer. Not the Willie's a legit Hall of Famer, but Michael Strahan's a big voice. You know, he's on yeah. Good Morning, uh, ABC Good Morning Show, whatever it's called, and then he's also on the Fox uh, NFL Sunday Morning. Baby, yeah. So I mean, and he had a just a rousing support for him. Talk about how Willie Anderson was one of the hardest guys for him to play against and how it's a shame that he's not in the hall of fame. So if you're not going to listen to the people that are in the hall of fame telling you this guy should be in, then who are you listening to? I know they had this squealer love. And like I said, if they, if they have orange or excuse me, yellow and gold or black and gold, or whatever the hell their colors are, and they crap sideways, they get in. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, they're already talking about putting pouncy in, which I'm not saying pouncy shouldn't be in, but not before freaking Willie Anderson. <laughs> Man, it's just it's so past due on it. It it it's really silly in my opinion because like maybe it's and I can't do anything about it and you can't do anything about it, but it, it might be time to look towards a younger set of voters who understand, you know, the non-petty parts of being a Hall of Fame voter. Because I think it's really a shame the way some of these guys seem to have wanted to use their platform and their voice as Hall of Fame voters because they, they brag about it and it's like I don't know. I just think there's a there's some flaw in the uh, the voting system. And I think it's time to get some fresh voices in there because I think if you're looking at people that understand the game now and understand you know the way the game has changed, in particular, Willie Anderson would have been a Hall of Famer a long time ago. Absolutely. All right, let's get back into the chat here. Jamie's got something about uh, Captain America. She says, "What if uh, Evans? What about Evans and pass protection? How's that look? Can he get?" in there more this week. I mean, as far as I know, he's looked okay at pass protection, but looking okay at pass protection in practice and doing it in the NFL or two different things. And he's barely played. So I, I can't answer that. I like you get any thoughts on that there, Willie? Yeah, I do. Um, my good friend, Mike, uh, who you can find at bangles underscore sands. Yeah. Everyone loves him. If you don't yeah. love him, then what the hell? Uh, Joe Mixon has not been as bad as you think in pass protection. It's not been great. It's not Giovanni Bernard. We're all used to that standard. I mean, one of, if not the best pass protectors in the, in the national football league, but Joe Mixon's slowly, but surely figuring it out. And he's put some pretty good tape out there. I think it's just going to be a matter of in-game reps, which is again, 
we start, we talked about it with Jackson Carmen. It, it's a little bit of a scary proposition when you're protecting a quarterback with a major knee injury, but I'm mm-hmm. begging everyone. I want to see Chris Evans more in the passing game as a receiver. I want to see him get the ball a little bit more in the run game and some limited reps and relief for Joe Mixon. But that's more in like place of Samaj P. Ryan, who I don't really think I need to see very much more of to learn more what he got. Yeah, with. he's been kind of disappointing. Again, it's only two games, but uh, nah, I want to see what Chris Evans can do. Yeah, someone made a good point that Samaj P. Ryan is good for like two 20 yard runs a year, and that's about <laughs> all you get from him. <laughs> uh, let's get to uh, Dustin here. Uh, he says, I know it's only two games. Outside of right right tackle, the rest of the line looks the same. Jonah is or Jonah had a pretty bad game on Sunday, according to Bengals said. Yeah, yeah, I, he did. I I I can't disagree with that. But one thing that Sands did say is the Bears line is very, very good. And there's lots of guys who've had, you know, bad games against them. And I mean, you're you're gonna have that. Um, but I don't know if it looks it doesn't look the same because we at least have a, five established guys. Uh, you know, that, that is better. And I do think our guard play is better than it was last year. Our right tackle is definitely better play better. Than it was last year. Yeah. Jonah had a bad game. I mean, like the one play, I can't remember what edge it was, but him and Sir Ophelia, it was Robert uh, Quinn. Yeah. Quinn. Yeah. They, they took the same guy and Quinn and I'm like, Hey, go block that guy. And straight to Burroughs. That, that was totally on, on, on um Jonah. He, he missed, you know, communicate. And that's what I'm talking about. The communication. It's got to get better. And that's what it seemed like a lot of the problems was communication. You know, nobody picked the guys up that they were supposed to. Yeah. And it's such a development thing and it's so frustrating. But I mean, you can't tell me that this group would be better with Jim Turner. I'll tell you that. And I think it would look a lot worse if it was the same thing as last year. And Riley Reef, by the way, wasn't amazing last week either. But that guy's been a revelation. But I'll go back to Jonah real quick. One of my bold predictions was that Jonah would be a first or second team all pro in the Vikings game. I saw that in the Bears game. I didn't, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's going to play easier competition throughout the year. And he's looked pretty good against a lot of the guys in the division in particular. Um, I would just give it a couple more weeks on the Jonah Williams worry train. I know that hashtag team souls out there like Sewell's had a couple nice weeks so far. See, we should have driven Sewell. Jonah Williams is a really, really good left tackle, and teams would be lying to you if they didn't say, man, I would love for that guy to be on my line. Yeah. I mean, and and I'll put this, that's why I kind of keep trying to tell everybody to pump the brakes on. Just like people want to freak out about uh, Jamar, uh, Jamar not ke- catching the ball, you know, m- dropping passes in preseason and all that stuff. I'll just pump the brakes. Let's see what happens. That's kind of where I am with all the issues that we had this week with the Bengals. We they we had them last week too, but they weren't as pronounced because we won, <laughs> you know. So it's only week two. Let's see what happens once you let's get through the first month of the season, and it's still continuing. Then I'm going to really start worrying. So I, I, I'm kind of you just gotta just relax. Let's wait. Let's see what happens because they. He is the offense line is new. It's a new coach. They're trying to forget the stuff that Turner told them. So it, it might take a little while for it to get going. And again, I keep saying this: they don't practice or, or they don't play in preseason that much. So the offense line barely played together in preseason. I think it does matter, and it's something that happens going into the season. So I'm just saying, pump the brakes. Let's wait. Let's get to let's get to October first and see what happens. <laughs> you know, see Not see where we're at then. Yeah, exactly. 
So, hey, are you a Reds fan at all? Because I, I know we all, we talk Bengals when we get on here, but are you a Reds fan? I know you're up in Columbus. Um, I used to be more than I am now. I, I keep my tabs on them. I know what happened today. Yeah, um, David Bell got a two-year extension through 2023, and he said, I love my job. I and I have been known to call David Bell the mad scientist, but this year I've given him a lot of credit because I think he had, for the majority of the season, had a gaping hole in his bullpen, and I think he managed around it. Now we hit September, and I think their nuts have shriveled up, and they – can't play for some reason. Can't get a win. Can't get win, get a series. Is that David Bell's fault or is that the players' fault? I don't know. I I am not upset that they re-signed David Bell. I wouldn't have been upset if they fired him. I'm more curious as to the timing of it. Like, why do they have to announce it now? You know, you could have waited till the end of the season and announced it. They might have signed him now. I mean. Did you sign it like when he we were kicking ass in the middle of the season when they, they probably should have announced it? Why now? It was just it was just a curious time. Yeah, and frankly, I have not watched a tremendous amount of games this year, but I do follow baseball from kind of that background perspective, the way I do a lot of sports. And the thing that I found really curious was I think it was yesterday or the day before, recently, regardless, the Kyle Bodie news coming out that he was not going to stick around with the yes, club. That, yes, I'm glad yeah, you brought that and, up. So the fact that those two pieces of news have come in such a close timeline is really curious to me. It just something isn't right. And I it, it doesn't sit right with me in a certain way. And here's why. You had a city and we're here. We are talking about the city of Cincinnati again, a city that's very passionate about their sports and loves to see their teams do well. You had a city that was really expecting this team, maybe not to win the division, but to be a playoff team. Right. And that, that comes because you started the season a certain way. I mean, not the hottest start, but in the middle, you got hot and you looked like one of the better offenses in the league, or at least one of the more consistent ones. The fact that that went away, there was already that overtone of cheapness. Mm -hmm. You lost your pitching guru kind of in the background. I mean, DJ still amazing pitching coach. Glad that he's stuck around. Yeah. Uh, it seems that way anyway. David Bell did seem to hint at the fact that he expects his coaching staff to as far, as far as far as they announced everybody's coming back. They had a press conference like right when I went on the air, but I've seen on Twitter everybody's coming back. And but keep yeah. keep going. I, I got I, I can follow up on what you're saying, but keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just finish real quickly. It seems like they're trying to do a little saving face, and it's something that's not really going to save any face. Because everyone in the world, it's it's in football, you have the coach and the quarterback, but in baseball, you really just have the manager to point at mm -hmm. as the guy that's fire him and it'll fix everything. It's yeah. never that simple, but yeah. it's not going to make anyone quieter because this town wanted a playoff run. And until they see that, they're going to want change and they're going to want change that's meaningful. And they've let some guys walk. They've, you know, not taken some shots on things that they could have taken shots on, but. I don't know. I think it's going to sit weird with everyone unless this team comes out guns blazing in the off season or comes out hot next year. Well, I think it all started last year when, when, uh, um, oh, he escapes my name now. The, the, uh, our old general manager, uh, basically quit. Williams. He's, yeah. Yeah. Dick Williams. Yeah. He, he stepped down. And that was kind of curious because I'm like, he's the one that was in that, that, that was the, leading the charge to signing all these guys in 2019 off season. He steps down. 
And Nick Crawl takes over. We do absolutely nothing in this offseason. So, uh, to be honest, Will, uh, when I the season started, I was like, yeah, I think we have a chance to win. But I was like, yeah, we, we can win. I mean, I, you know, then the season got going. And I'm like, our bullpen is terrible. And we haven't done anything to help. And now we roll into the end of the season where we had the we had probably the easiest road to get to the playoffs, and we can't win a series. Now they did make trades. I think it was too late. Yeah. And then you're one of your best scouts, one of the guys that has been instrumental in developing young players and getting them to the major leagues. And that's what you have to do to become a consistent one. We're not going to spend. I don't expect the Reds to spend a million dollars or a billion dollars every year. Yeah, players a million dollars a year. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, a billion. <laughs> I'm showing my age, yeah, one million dollars. Anyway, <laughs> I don't expect them to, to spend like the Yankees or the Dodgers, I put it that way, but I expect them to spend and try to keep up and develop players. I hate to say it like the freaky Tweety Birds do because that's they drive me nuts. They I can't stand them, but the way they run their organization. Is what the Reds need to do. And to me, it seems like you have a guy who is, was helping you develop players, and he he literally went down, picked up Jesse Winker, drove him up from uh, Louisville, and quit. <laughs> you know? That's not a good sign. I, I know Nick Crawl has come out and said that, you know, we're fine with, with what's going on, and, and, and it's, it's crazy to think that uh, we're not developing things, we're not moving in the right direction. I'm like, for what's happened in the last year of the guys behind the scenes that have quit, I mean, literally just quit. They didn't they, – they, they didn't get fired. They quit. That's not a good sign for because these are guys who were there to start building to what we've had the last two years. You know, and, and I'm afraid that Bob Castellini is okay for some reason now with just having an okay team and not bringing championship baseball back to Cincinnati like he claimed when he bought the team however long ago it was. And when he fired Dusty Baker, we're just not going to lose anymore. We're, I'm tired of losing. Where'd that guy go? You know? That's kind of where I'm at, and I'm I'm a little afraid that they're just okay with being me, me, mediocre. I, I don't know why, but that's just what it seems like. And I don't think I I love Nick Castellanos. I don't think they're going to sign him. I'll be shocked if they sign him, pick up his option, or, or resign him, or whatever it is. I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if they do anything. I don't think they're going. I, I think they're going to have the same team, and they're like, all right, do something with it. And to me. Is David Bell the greatest manager ever? No. Is he the worst one? No. Does the ma- manager make that big of a difference in a baseball team? To a, not really. He makes more of a difference, I think, in the playoffs. But during the regular season, he's more of the culture guy, keeping them together, you know, and, and pulling on the rope the same way. You know, decisions, is, yeah, you can nitpick at whatever David Bell does. I, I think he's gotten better at Adam as the years have got gone along. But I'm just I'm very worried about what the direction of this team is going to be the next couple of years. I, I'm I have liked and enjoyed winning the last two years. Um, I want to go to the playoffs, and I don't know if the Reds ownership are if their heads in the same direction that we are. Yeah, and you know where the worst place to be in professional sports is? It's stuck in the middle. Yes, because mm-hmm. you don't have that sense of oh we're rebuilding. There's going to be some really exciting talent in the next couple of years. And you don't have that. We're competing. This could be our year to win a championship. There is nowhere worse to be. And it, unfortunately, this is kind of where the Reds have been, minus some really terrible seasons in the middle. I see him. I see him down there. <laughs> Jay, he's a good guy. He's all, he's always on the show. I know. I know he's a Cardinals fan. <laughs> yeah, you've been. Man, it just seems like it's the same 
I mean, this year was looked a lot more interesting, but it just seems like every year we get the same similar Reds product where, you know, there's a run where you think they might make the playoffs and then it kind of tapers off. And by the end of the season, you're 10 or 15 games under 500. It's going to be a little closer to 500 this year, a couple games over maybe. The way they're playing, they might not be. (laughs) The world's worst ribbon on a a season. I guess you could put that one on it. But I don't know. I think what Castellini is doing is really a shame, and he's putting the team in a really bad situation to go forward. Because, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guys you like here. You like Winker. You like Votto. I mean, I think those are guys that just you want to go see. You'll pay money, and you'll – you put your butt in the seat and you're happy to pay the ticket because you're happy to take your family out. You're happy to take your date. You're happy to go and just see a ball game. But the bottom line is that's not what sells out stadiums. And not in Cincinnati. Major League Baseball, people aren't going to get – like, they're just not. It's not the same vibe that it used to be because the product is just different. If you're not winning, and especially if you're boring and not winning, you're not going to draw a crowd, and that's not how you're going to make money. You're going to be in the middle forever. And no one wants that. It's so right. boring to be in the middle. I'm telling you. Look at a team like – I'm trying to think of someone that's along the same timeline. I think of a team you – know, let's do this. The Phoenix Suns. I think this mm-hmm. is the first year in a long time that team isn't boring. And right. You know what happened? Went to they the got NBA Chris team. Paul. <laughs> yeah, they got Chris Paul. But it gives you an example. You inject a little life into that. They made a right. move. They made that aggressive move to bring in someone with some star power who's been there before. And this Reds team hasn't done it. I love Nick Castellanos, but he's not been there before. And he'll be the first person to tell you he hasn't been there before. So I just I just wonder about where the, the whole situation with the ownership is in that capacity. Because guys, in terms of the people that are smarter and know baseball – don't seem like they want to be there. Like they yeah. just they're looking for ways to get out. And it's that's that's the scarier part part yeah. to be right there is is the guys like we have Reds players leaving. We don't want that. We have the guys who put them and help develop them. They're leaving, and it's not like they're, like the Reds. Some guys are free agents. Well, they're leaving to a better deal. These guys are just quitting. <laughs> I'm not sure they get another job somewhere, but they're just quitting. That's not good. Devante wants to know: Can the Reds still make the playoffs this year? Mathematically, yes. But they're three games out. Uh, if the Cardinals win, the Tweety Birds win today, they're going to – or excuse me, they're four games out, aren't they? Or four uh, four games out now, I think. So, yeah, I just it, – it's – yes, mathematically, yes, but they're not going to. I, I just – The Bengals trade for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, they could, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> and she says we're beating Pittsburgh on Sunday. Exactly. I agree. I this is the tie. Just tidy up this uh, Reds conversation here real quick, and then we'll get the heck on out of here. Um, the Reds and the thing that drives me nuts is it, the Reds have young players. You know, they, they have Jonathan India. They have Jesse Winker. They have Hunter Green in the Myers. They have Nick Lodolo in the Myers. They have these guys that are ready to come up. It's like they're already here. India's already here making a difference. They have these two young pitchers coming up. So it's not like the farm system and, and, and the talent isn't there. And that's what is drives me even more insane is we went through the, the crappy five years or whatever to get to where we have players ready to come up and 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 be productive major baseball players. But you have to be able to spend some money to keep players in there with them. You can't just have a couple guys and that's it. Cause I mean, that's what we had when we had Barry Larkin and Ken Griffey Jr. Last, you know, when, uh, uh, Carl Linder owned the team, we had two players and 
that was it. He expected everybody to show up. I'm like, no, no, no. That's not the way this works here, dude. We want to win. I'm like, all you like, I know you weren't around for the big red machine. I barely was. I was born in 75. We've all heard about the big red machine and how great that is. That's not that that'll ever happen again, but that's what you have to live up to. That's what Reds fans want, you know, and that's what they expect not to be. Hey, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go down there, have a, you know, $5 beer and, and, and watch Joey Votto until, you know, until he's retired. Like I, I love Joey Votto, but I want to win. And I think most Reds fans do. So that's where I don't, it just goes against everything that Bob Castellini has said publicly, you know, but actually speak louder words. Anyway, Willie, you've been over an hour. I appreciate you as always coming on. Tell everybody about your podcast, your articles and everything you got going on. Yeah. So first of all, just make sure you guys subscribe to uh sports with strawberry guys before I do my whole plug. He's got a great thing going on here. I'm sure most <laughs> of you guys don't do. You, you keep coming back. You know what the deal is, but make sure you give us a follow, give us a listen at same old stripes. We're coming to you guys two times a week during the regular season. We have some really interesting guests uh, lined up. Um, men that wear stripes. Same old, I know. You're doing, same old, you're doing so much better getting guests than I am. I got to get some emails. I got to find people's emails here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. I think it's just I've learned how to phrase an email to where I sound like the nicest person in the world. And then they talk to me like, oh, there's the guy with the long hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's you. Damn it. I didn't want to talk to that guy. I <laughs> just going to, want to talk about fish for 25 minutes. I hate this show. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Just check out Samuel Stripes. We're on all the platforms. I write for Bet Jack. It's a Cleveland based thing, but I'm using your Bengals love in there. And they just there gave away a Joe Burrow jersey. They, they get it. They, they're hip to it. They there love Joe go. Burrow too. Believe it or not. People in our division love Joe Burrow, and it's the most miraculous thing in the world. But, yeah, same old stripes. Bet Jack. Check it out. That's all I got for you all. Sounds good, Willie. We'll definitely have to do it again, brother. As always, appreciate you. Who day? Who day? All right, guys, as always, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Willie's a good dude. Go check him out on the Same Old Old Stripes podcast. Uh, They had one that just dropped yesterday. I was listening to some of it at work. I didn't get to get through all of it. But uh, he is a very knowledgeable uh, Bengals writer, fan, podcaster, whatever you want to call him. But always a good dude. That brings me to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. They are as followed. Who Day Nation, which they are at, I think, over 25,000 people now, which is great. Who Day Legion, another great Bengals group. Cincinnati Reds, rounding third, heading for home. Bearcat Ruckus, which it started to grow. I've got like 300 people in it. <laughs> the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms. All under sports with Strawberry Ice on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling a sound off later on tonight and putting it up on the podcast. If you guys want to listen to the podcast, Check it out. I'm on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, pretty much where you guys get your podcast on there. Make sure you rate, like, review, download it. You guys are doing awesome. I'll get a lot of downloads, a lot of views. It's great. Please, like I said, leave a five-star review. Please comment. So hopefully more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, like I said, I'm at 1,372 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Let's keep it rolling. Let's try to get to 2,000. 
as fast as we can. Now, I didn't really talk about UC football that much because they are off this week. But I think all of us UC football fans should become, I know you're going to hate it, most of you, because you guys, a lot of you don't like Notre Dame, and you can't stand Brian Kelly because he left and what he did. But for the betterment of the University of Cincinnati Bearcats football program, we need Notre Dame to beat Wisconsin. If Notre Dame beats Wisconsin, I will make a statement here, bold statement, whatever. We go into South Bend versus an undefeated Notre Dame at 7-8 rank, whatever we are. That'll be the biggest game in school history. I'm saying that's even bigger than the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. It's bigger because it could lead to a lot more things. So I know everybody doesn't like Notre Dame. I know people don't like Brian Kelly. We need them to win. Do I think it's going to get us in the pro into the college football playoffs? Like I said to John Sheeran yesterday, I could still see them keeping us out. Either way, I want to take that chance. Notre Dame win, and then let's kick your ass next Saturday in South Bend. That'll be awesome. And other than that, as my boy Jeremy Dimebag. These nuts always says, remember one thing and one thing only. And that is, you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. So act like it. Who day? The Reds game, they rained out. I'll see you guys tomorrow. And that's just sports, baby. See ya! Oh,